0: Usually on the last Sunday of December or last Sunday of the year, we call it our Thanksgiving week or Thanksgiving Sunday because we like to look back on what God has done through our lives in the past 51 weeks, right? There, am I right? We have 52 weeks in one year, right? We have 52 weeks in one year, right? It's all right. It's 52 so for the past 51 weeks, we've seen how God has been doing things, causing things, initiating things, and even uh, we go through a lot of things. <laughs> some of them are sad things, some of them are challenging things, some of them are things that uh, that may have given you a trauma, <laughs> Uh, some of them are things or, or experiences that have really affected you. I'm not sure if you're still, uh, if you've if you bounced back uh, already out of, out of that particular uh, difficult experience that you may have had, but definitely there were a lot of things that we had to go through in 2019. Looking at it, God is just amazing. We are on our last week of the year. Next year? I um, mean, next week is another year. Are you excited about another year? I'm excited about uh, about 2020. That's just amazing. Now, I, w- I, was, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what would be the message for this? It's always has been a Thanksgiving Sunday. But I was asking the Lord, what's your word for, uh, for us this Sunday? And God had to give me James, okay? God had to give me James. So we're going to talk about James, specifically uh, three or four verses in James today. And I hope you can study with me. I like to entitle this message, Every Gift, Every Good and Perfect Gift is from Above. Do you believe that? Come on, can you say that? Every good and perfect gift is from above. All right? So we'll, we'll try to explain that later on. But this is exactly the words, the translated version in the New International Version. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Whether you agree with that or not, let's see. Let's look at the context of this in the book of James and let's let's see how our lives would, would actually align and parallel with whatever the Lord has for us this morning. So, having said that, when you look at James, it's a very straightforward book. And James, the brother of Jesus, James is the brother of Jesus, by the way, a younger brother of Jesus, of course, a half-brother. There's another brother who's the other brother of Jesus who wrote a book as well in the New Testament. No, John is from another mother. He is, he is a cousin of Jesus, but not the brother. Although here in Timor, we call everyone brothers, right? Even if they're cousins. By the way, that's that's culture. You call everyone brothers, even though they're cousins. Uh, I think that came from your uh, Timorese uh, cultural background, Tom. But then there's another brother, and his name is Judas. Not the Judas who betrayed Jesus, not the Judas who hanged himself, but the Judas who wrote the book of Jude. And Judas and Judas is the same. So anyway, James is the older brother, older, older with respect to uh, Judas, And he wrote this book to be able to counter hypocrisy and to actually shed light on what the nature of God is and what the nature of temptation is as well. Because there was a misconception. People are misled by a wrong understanding of what temptation and sin is all about and who God is as well. In fact, because of that, Every time temptation comes to a person, he blames God. Have you ever tried blaming God because a temptation came to you and because of that temptation, you sin? Lord, why would you ever, okay? Why would you give that temptation to me? And so, James was clarifying that misleading concept of temptation coming from from God. So, But I'd like us to just read James chapter 1, 16 to 19a. So if you can stand up with me and let's just honor God's word today. All right. James chapter 1, 16 to 19a. Let's read it all together. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens he never changes or casts a shifting shadow He chose to give us birth to give birth to us by giving us his true word and we out of all creation became his prized possession Understand this my dear brothers and sisters Let's read it in Tetun for the sake of Aurea. Maun alin doben sira. Bain hira bosok ini konaba boatsirane ketafiar. Presenti dia kofura kotu hotu nebe itasimu. Mai husi nai maromak. Nia makhalo loromatan. Fulan hofitun sira. sirane muda bebeik mai ben nai maromak nunka muda. You believe that? Maromak nung kamuda, Nay imaroma ka karak atu halo ita sign niya oan, Nemak niya phone niya live los, may ita para itabale hetan Morris phone, ihosi buat hotu hotu nebe, niya halo ihamundune, ne, niya hili ona ita mak you, hanesan batar fulin dia diak, nebetos nainta uluk hodifoba maromak. I hope I'm reading it with the right uh, <laughs> with the right emphasis. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You're gonna teach us, and we know the word of uh, the word that that James was saying is that we should really understand this. It is important that we know the truth about your nature as the one who gives good and perfect gifts from above. Lord, we pray that we would understand that everything that has happened to us, whatever it is, it may be good or bad, this past 51 weeks and this year, we'd allow to, Lord, allow us to see things in a way that from the perspective of your goodness, from the perspective of your grace, and from the, from the vantage point that you will always be giving us what's best. And so today we give you glory and praise. Holy Spirit, give us an understanding of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Please do sit down. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Now, what do you think is a perfect gift given to you? By anyone. All right. Of course, bro. (laughs) You get a ready answer right there. Okay, I'll not tell them your answer. But how about you, Pastor, Pastor Levy? What would be your perfect gift, given to you from above by God? I think she's looking to you. She's looking at you right now. <laughs> and most husbands would say that, hey, our wives are uh, our wives. They're the perfect gift of God to us. Amen, husbands. I don't, I don't hear an amen from the husbands. <laughs> is that an amen, husbands? Amen. Amen. I'll, I'll say amen to that. Pastor Levy, you say amen, right? Tom, I know you don't have a wife yet, but bro, you have a dobbin. Is that an amen as well from you? Amen. Okay, I don't hear that from you. You're going to be married soon. 2020 is a big year for you, bro. And that's amazing. And of course, I hope that the wife feels the same, that we are also God's perfect gift to you. All right? Uh, I hope Pastor Simoni Simone would feel that way, that Pastor Levy is God's perfect gift to you. Amen? Amen. I want you? <laughs> Sorry for putting you in the spotlight now. I'd like to ask you, uh, Me- Maya, is that an amen? All right, that's good. So we understand. That our wives are perfect gift to us, our husbands are perfect gift to us from above. Thank you, Lord. Now, many times people would ask, "What do you, um, what are you thankful to God for this 2020? Uh, this 2019, right? People would ask that, and they'll ask you to list down some things that you are really thankful to God for. And I guess there'll be a lot of things that you'll be writing down. What would your list like? If, if it's going to be two categories, good gifts and perfect gifts, what would, be, what would be those in the good gifts? What would be those under perfect gifts? Okay, you already have an answer, bro. One answer under perfect gift would be wife, spouse. Now, how about good gifts? What do you think would be good gifts that God gives? So we experienced promotion this year. Well, I guess this opportunity that your family is together, that's really amazing, bro. The adoption of the kids also happened this year, right? Wow. Where would you classify that? Perfect gift or good gifts? Perfect gift. <laughs> okay. And of course, in your family as well, when you're able to, uh, when the court finally releases the, what do you call it? The decision? The decision that Gabriel is now part of, officially part of your family as well. We've got two families here who are, who are families who've adopted a child. That's amazing. Thank you for your heart. And that may, that happened also this year, right? About what month? Pasora uh, Simone? October. Just this October as well. Amazing. You're, you guys? April. April, October. That's amazing. So how about you, Paulina? What would be perfect gift and good gifts under? Come on. Oh, yeah. She's gone through a lot, actually. She's gone through a lot of persecution from her family when she became a Christian. But this year, that those things have changed, right? The persecution, the understanding of the parents, that's just amazing. That is something that God gives. Is it a perfect or a good gift? <laughs> what do you think? Is it a good gift or a perfect gift from God? It's perfect. That's amazing. All right. How about you, Mary? What would be a good gift for you? Let's hear it from a student. Good gift and perfect gift. Remember last, was that November or December? You received a result. She received a result after her taking of the national exams, right? Is that the national exams, bro? And then she came out to be what? Number? Number what? Yeah, she was number two among the rest of all those who took the national exam in Timor-Leste. That lady is number two. Amazing. And you know what she likes? She likes to be studying in UNTL, taking up medicine. And I think there's a very big possibility that that will happen. Right? Are you happy about it, Mary? All right. See, that's, that's amazing. That, is that a good or perfect gift from God? Oh, wow. It's also a perfect gift. <laughs> See, uh, every one of us would have something to thank God for. Of course, Anna would would have hers as well. And we would be filling that list. And many times that's what we ask God for. But here's what I'd like to ask us all. It's not about the things that God had done for you. But I want you to ask this question. I want you to not look at what God has done for you. I don't want you to look at the things. I don't want you to look at those lists. But I want you to ask yourself, what are you thankful? What are you grateful about God for 2019? Let me change the perspective here. It's not about the things that God gives you, but I want you to go to that relationship side of God in your life. What are you thankful to God about? What are you thankful uh, about God for 2019? What is he to you? What have you gained out of that? I mean, what greater understanding of who God is has come on you this 2019? Because the book of James talked about that. He talked about uh, not the things that Not not the things that God had done for them, but who God is, who God is in their lives as Christians. What should we be grateful about God for 2019? Mm, That for me is an interesting question. It takes me out of the focus of things, of things that I've received from God, but it gets me to my relationship with God. Now I know that there has been a lot of experiences, and out of those moments of trials that we have had this year, our our character has been tested, our attitudes it came out. It it uh, I'm not sure if what what I'm not sure if the fruit was the fruit of the spirit. Was it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? That came out, out of that trial, out of that experience. But at the end of it, I want us to just, should we still be full of gratefulness? In spite of all those difficulties, those hurts, those pains, those sad experiences, those loss of a loved one. Some of you have lost a loved one this year. Sicknesses maybe has come on you. Someone offended you. But then what should we be grateful to uh, about God for? Now, let's, let me read it again. What was he talking about? What was James talking about? He, so he was saying, So do not be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. What was he talking about? A wrong conception. A wrong mindset. Now, the good thing about James, when he writes things, he puts it in the in the context of family. That's why he was saying brothers and sisters. He was, he was putting it in the context of the community of believers. So it's a familial word. It's something that would... It's like you talking to your brother, you talking to your sister, you talking to your son or daughter in your family when he exhorts. And he's very good at that. Every time he does it, he he would... Uh, his paragraphs, the the way he writes things, every time he starts with dear brothers and sisters, it was always a new concept. It was always a new thing, another paragraph maybe. But I'd like us to go to a common misconception about the nature of temptation and sin because that's what he was talking about. Now, I want you to know that in the in, in the same book, we are being encouraged that even if we go through trials, even if we go through uh, problems, we have to persevere. Now, let's read this. Maun alen sira, kwando imi hasoru provasau, oy oin, nebekoko imi ni afiar, haksolok deit ba. Okay, can you read that with me together? Tamba imi haten katak, sa imi konsege aguenta ihaterus hotentasau ni elaran. I laran metin na fatin ba maromak maka iminiya paciencia sei omentali utan imitenki paciencia na fatin to imisae emanebediak la iha frakeza ida i prontu atu hasoru saida dat what does that say it tells us that some of you maybe have memorized the scripture that you consider it pure joy when you face trials when you face trials of many kinds can we read it read it with me go because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and then let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything okay that was a that was a that was an encouragement by James but then James he did not stop in verse 4 But later on, we'll we'll go to the next verses to discuss it. But what what does that tell us about God? So when we face trials of many kinds, we are often tempted to sin. Have you ever tried that? Have you ever experienced that? That most of the temptations that you have to sin is when you are having your difficulty, when you're having a situation. Say, for example, you don't have money anymore. And many times, since you don't have money anymore, what happens? You go to that side of what? You are, we are tempted not to trust God for provision. Lord, you said you'll be providing, but here am I. Here's my bank account. Here's my wallet. There's nothing inside it. So Lord, if you, you said, but then you're not fulfilling. So we try to blame God out of, our, out of whatever situation. If whatever we're praying for is not yet coming true, We often get tempted to shortcut the process. There was a time that God had promised something to Abraham. And the promise to Abraham was that he's going to have a son, his own son, through Sarah. But the problem is, he's already 100 years old, and Sarah is 90 years old. There was no Isaac yet. The promise was given 25 years ago. But somehow both of them, Sarah and him, got what? They got impatient. They were tempted. And what did they do out of that temptation? Sarah did say to Abraham, why don't you, okay? Why don't you have my servant girl as a as a wife? Okay? And so bear a child through her. And that's what happened. Who was that boy? You remember? Ishmael, okay, Ishmael came to be, came to be, came to be uh, the firstborn of Abraham, but not through the promise they were tempted. In reality, they shortcut because they were trying to get there and God is taking so much time. And that can happen to us. We can also take shortcuts because for us, Lord, your timing is late. You should have given to me now. And we don't get the best of God, but we get the second best out of that. So, so you see, when God uh, God doesn't doesn't tempt us, and then people 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 say this in in, in the scriptures from from uh, from verse twelve or verse twelve to verse uh, sixteen or verse fifteen. James would describe there how actually temptation works in the man. He was saying that you cannot blame God when you are sinning because sin came from the temptation. And temptation is not from God. That's what he was saying. When you are tempted, specifically in your deepest, uh, in your most trying situation, that temptation is not coming from God because God cannot tempt you. Because God cannot be tempted by evil. Because God is entirely good and there is no and nothing in his nature that can be tempted to do evil. And we know that. That's what we believe, right? That's our faith is. So, therefore, when you are being tempted, it is out of your evil desire. And, and James was explaining that. When you're tempted, you cannot blame God because really it's out of your evil desire. There is an external or internal force in you that causes you to sin because of the temptation that maybe the devil would be. The devil would be putting situations in your life, and you can be tempted. Maybe some other, uh, maybe some other, uh, some other demons would try to entice you to do something. What happens is that it's still a choice. But God never tempts. That's what James was saying. You cannot say that the nature of God, he is a tempter. Because the tempter is Satan. Right? We know that Satan is a tempter. But God isn't. And so he concludes this. Okay? That when you are facing trials of many kinds and there are temptations coming, remember this, that when you sin, which actually after sin, it gives birth to death. Sin comes when you get tempted. You give in to sin. And then after that, death comes because that's the product, okay? That's the continuous practice of sin. It brings death in one's life. But then James was saying that God never tempts us. He never tempts us. But he tests our character. He tests our character. But it is always for his good purpose. Job was tested. We know that. It was a difficult test for Job. I'm not sure if I went through the same tests. if I can really pass through the test that Job had to endure. That was really a very hard uh, situation or experience. I'm not sure what kind of testing you may have gone through in your life. But if you, you, if you have viewed it in the right way, it should have changed your character and made you more like Christ, right? The testing of our character produces a change. And the goal of God is to squeeze out of, our, of us the Christ-likeness that he wants to produce in each of his children. And that's, that's, that's what happens. God never tempts us, but tests our character for his good purpose. I like to call Tom right now. I like to call Tom right now because this year was a difficult year for him. He was already in the Philippines and last February, he had to come back and return immediately. Prior to that, there has been a lot of hospitalization uh, of his dad, but then he, has still, he still had to go to the Philippines to study to finish the school of uh, church planting. And then he had to go back last February because his father died. And it was a difficult process, difficult time. A good thing he still went back to the Philippines to finish the course. But I'd like us to hear from Tom. What has he learned out of the testing of character that has happened in his life?
1: Um, When I learned that I was supposed to go to the school, um, last year, um, I think it was November last year. I learned I was, was I was asked to go to the school of, of church planting. I my dad was already under hospita- hospitalization. Uh, he has he had um, he had this um, what do you call that diabetes? Yeah. And also he he was he was a smoker so it's it affects his lungs as well. So he's been in and out of the hospital. So when I went to the when I went to the Philippines, I there was already there was already like there are times that he got um, he got uh, fainted because of the there are times because when the medicine that he, he took it, it it can bring your sugar level to be very, very low. So, and he he got fainted. So he has to be brought to the hospital to, to, um, they have to inject some sugar again to bring it up to to normal. So it has been several times like that. So and when I was in the Philippines, I think two weeks after, it happens to my dad that my dad was brought to the hospital again. So I was thinking, just like, the usual thing i think uh, after a few hours he's back to normal he's he'll be he'll be home again but that we that time it was like uh it was already 24 hours my dad is not yet come to you know his sense yeah he he was still in coma after after 24 hours and then after three days he was still the same he didn't talk he didn't uh he didn't say something so i was really praying that Uh, I had to go back and also I I also had a problem when I was in the Philippines I was sick as well I had a problem with my ear so I I was under uh, medication as well so and the doctor told me not to not to fly within uh, two months you don't you you don't know no flight for you within two months so I was really worried about my dad and then um, there I mean a week after uh, my dad, my, my brother told, told us that he was uh, in, 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 in Catholic, they, they called the priest to, you know, the, the confession and everything um, so that, you know, when he died according to the Catholic belief that he can go to heaven. So they, they've done that because my, my family thought that my dad is already just waiting for his hours to, 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 to live his last breath. So that time i was in the i was i was taking i was going home from the school and i was i, I got lost because i don't know what to do i, I cannot fly you i don't know where does uh, how how will god provide for this to, for me to come come back to timor and i don't know how what what will happen to my dad but that day um, when i was I found my way home. When I was on my way home, I was looking, I was really looking for a ticket. I don't know what to do, but I was in was faith looking for a ticket to go home. And that were my, that's the time that my brother called, that my, bro, my my dad actually went back to, he can talk, he can speak, he can eat, and he's, he's okay. And I was like, wow, that's a miracle. So I, we, I, I was crying, and I, I thanked God for that. I praise God, and God reminded me that uh, of, 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 of his word in Genesis, where it says that is there anything too hard for the Lord? And that's where exactly where, where uh, he told Sarah when Sarah laughed at, uh, at, uh, that that he'll bear that she will bear a child, and Sarah laughed because then and the angel of the Lord told Sarah that is there anything too hard for the Lord? And I was reminded of that verse. And I thank God that my my dad was actually um, back to you know it was normal again. So actually, and then three weeks. It, he he was like that after until three weeks he survived after, after three weeks. That's where he he passed away. My dad passed away. My dad passed away on Thursday, and it was uh, I uh, in the school. I was given an assignment. Uh, I mean, the, the whole class were given an assignment of doing a, of doing a meditation on Psalm 23. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I, I was I, I was doing meditation on, on that verse at 5 a.m. in the morning and that's exactly the time that my dad passed so the the the, the advice from this from the class was uh, you don't uh, when you do your meditation on this uh, for you to submit your assignment you have to you know um, no connection turn off your cell phone everything so I, I did i turned off my cell phone and everything i was reading the psalm 23 the whole time and repeat it again in different versions and after that, I turned on my data. I had a lot of messages coming in that my dad passed away. Exactly the same time when I when I did my devotion on Psalm 23. It's like God was preparing uh, my heart before before receiving the news that my dad passed. So it was it was it was it was really hard for me. I did not know what to do. Uh, I was advised not to fly, but I said. I have to go, no matter what, I have to go, that's my dad, I have to go, at least to see him before he before he's buried. And um, I didn't have any money that time, but, you know, the church in the Philippines actually learned about it, and they called me. They said, Tom, we heard that uh, your dad passed, um, so to make... To make it short, so they, they, they do everything. They pay the, the ticket, they, they, they have to book the ticket, and everything. I have to go uh, home. So I went home, and it took time for me to... When I went home, I, already, I was already deciding that I will not go back to the school. No more school for me. I, 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 maybe I'll just, go, I'll just go back to the school next year. So I was thinking that... Um, if I come back, you know, I have to believe God for provision again, I have to raise funds again, and also, if I come back, my, my family won't allow me, because in the culture, c- culture, you have to stay here until 40 days, so if, if I stay for 40 days, it's more than a month, so I lose a lot, a lot of, you know, uh, classes, I'll miss a lot of classes, so I decided that I will not come back. But the church said that if, if ever I decide to come back, they still, they'll book my ticket going back. Mm-hmm. So when I came back, that very day, I, I, I arrived there on Saturday. My dad died, died on, on, on uh, Thursday. I arrived on Saturday. And my dad was buried on, on Sunday. So on that Saturday, that this church, Pastor Gilbert and his family and our, some of our leaders, our staff, they went there and they... Um, they actually prayed for my family, and my whole family was there uh, my My brothers and my mom was there, and everyone was there. Uh, all my siblings were there were complete in the room where, and my dad was on the table so Pastor Gibbet preached the gospel to uh, to my family to to all to my brothers and my mom and i fe- I, I got fainted uh, i I was fainted i f- I fell unconscious. While Pastor Gilbert preached the gospel, but in my mind was I was thinking that uh, because they they advised me, I thought, oh, we're coming, we'll go to your house. I know. So in my mind, I was really thinking maybe they'll share the gospel. so I, I was thinking that please don't share the gospel because my family is in the in the morning season, please don't share the gospel to my family at this season, uh, maybe next time so i when, when they when they did preaching the gospel i I fell unconscious. I didn't know what happened during that time, and when when I woke up, everybody was you know about to go home. So when I came here, I came back. My dad was already buried on on on, on Sunday, and then um, I I talked to my brother that I need to go back to the school. I'm thinking I need to go back to the school because it's gonna be a waste if you know I'm just you know be there for one month and coming back and not doing anything. You know, to to my surprise, my brother agreed that uh, you you can go back, and my mom was there. He she agreed as well, and I think it's because of the gospel was preached to them that day before, and I didn't know yet. So they said that oh, Tom, uh, please um, uh, go back to the school. My brother said. So when I came here on Tuesday, with the, with a staff meeting, and they asked me, Pastor Gilbert asked me, and the uh, the, the guys were asking me that um, what what's, what can we do better? Um, how can we serve our family better if a situation like that happen to some of our leaders? Then I tell them that, thank you for not uh, sharing the gospel. <laughs> I said, that thank you for not sharing the gospel because I was uh, 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 thinking that, let my family be in the, in the morning season. And sometimes we come like, let's preach the gospel without, you know. But to my surprise, Pastor Ekebet said, you know what, we preach the gospel. Huh? I said, yes, you preach the gospel and your family got saved. Then he said that we preach the gospel using Psalm 23 which is the same book I, I was meditating when my dad passed away and when I when that's where I got I, I told the church in the Philippines to already start booking my ticket and everything because my family agreed already and I went back It it took me so much time of Really coping up with with the, especially I staying alone in the room, and I was really it was really hard time for me to just uh, I I missed my dad so much that day that time it was really so hard for me to let go, um, thinking that he's not there anymore when I go back to Timor my dad is not there anymore it's really hard time, but. I went to a lot of i i i went to several counseling with 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 some you know counselors in our movement and um i finally i finally went to a place of really you know i, I grateful that my dad passed because you know he was he was suffering from his you know physical um condition from his health he was he was really physically suffered and um I thank God because before my dad passed away, I was telling myself that I will never forgive myself because I didn't preach the gospel to my dad when, before he passed. But what I did was, when I was in the Philippines, I was telling our leaders here staff to go there, to visit my, my dad in the hospital, and even some of our friends from other church, they visit my dad and they preach the gospel to my dad. And I believe... My dad, because some of them told me that my dad actually uh, responded when they preached the gospel to my dad. So I, I, I was grateful because my dad is no longer, you know, suffering from his physical condition, but he's there in heaven rejoicing and praising God. And I was also grateful because of that situation. It can uh, the Gospel can be you know preached to my family that day, and they're not in the church yet, but I think that it somehow it it started a seed in their lives, and they they have come to see me, accept me for what i 'm doing for 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 how I live my life and um, God was reminded me of of those things that you know I may be uh, I may be sad that my dad is not there anymore, but I can always rejoice because he is there, he's praising God in heaven, and um, also my dad, my family as well, have has come to hear the gospel, and also I thank God as well that you know the church community. Not just here, but even you know in every nation they're they they're always there they're praying they're encouraging they're they're um, they're supporting you know financially so i i just i i' i I became grateful about the what happened to my my family that my dad is not there anymore, but everybody heard the gospel, and my dad is in heaven so um i I miss my dad that he's not there with us in the Christmas, and he will not be with us in the new year. But I thank God that he's in a better place. He's no longer suffering. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Give, the, give
0: Tom a round of applause. Thank you. Bro, what, what specific character do you think God changed in you out of that uh, experience? Okay, so the character of uh, gratitude, okay? That's good. Thank you so much. So you've been repeating that. You became very grateful. You came to understand better the purposes of God. You see, when God uh, tests our character, he always does that for his good purpose. And we know that. Romans 8.28 would always tell us that God works together. All things, okay, for the good of those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. It's always going to be that. God is like that to us. Now let's go to another point here. What else should we be grateful about God? So the first thing we should be grateful about God, God tests us for his good purpose but never tempts us, okay? God tests us for his good purpose but never tempts us. That's something I have to thank God. I have to thank God about for who He is. He's not my He's not the tempter. He's the one who always is after the best of me. Now, what else should we be grateful about, God? Okay. So let's see. Uh, verse seventeen. Let's read it. Presenti diak hofura koto hotu nebe itasimu my hosinai maromak matan fulan ho muda maromak Amen? God, God never change Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Well, we know that the sun uh, and the moon, they cast lights. And the sun always changes its position, the rest of the day, and then the moon as well. And at times at times there will be eclipses, or e- eclipses, right? When the sun covers, uh, when, when the shadow of the sun uh, covers the moon, or when the moon actually covers the sun. So in, in God is not like that. God never changed. He is the father of lights. He's the one who created all the lights that you can see in the universe, but he never changes. That's just amazing. He is always the same. And so therefore, he's always going to give good gifts. He's always going to give perfect gifts. So temptation is not from him. A test of character is, but what comes out of that is the better you, a Christ-like you. Now, if God is not subject to change, so that means that God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Just like what we said in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter, I think, 13. We always say this. That Tamba Jesus Christu Nunca Muda. Hori ulog, toohin loron, tootinan batinan. What does it mean in English? Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. That's just amazing. Now, here's our second point. Our second point is this. If God never changes, if God is the giver of good and, give, uh, and, and perfect gifts, this is what we can be thankful about God for. God never changes as the giver of good and perfect gifts. I am thankful that God never changes. I am thankful that I can trust Him, that His character is the same. I am thankful that I can, I can depend on Him completely. Have you? Have you done that in your life that you're depending on God completely? When you got sick, Louisa, and there was an operation that has to be done in your life, you were holding on to your life, right? But you were also holding on to the faithfulness of God. Is that right? You were holding on. You were praying. You were not there, brother, right? When that was happening. But at the end of, but you were in another nation, right? You were in another nation working. And here you are. You know that your wife is, has, has suffered something, and then she's going through an operation. It's a serious one. It's, it's a critical operation. What were you doing as well? you were praying and you were trusting God that He is always going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever, that you're trusting the promises of God, that He will actually do it. He will take care of the perfect gift that God has given you. That's amazing. Something happened to Pastora Simone while she was in France. And I guess the only thing that we were, we were they were separated I mean, Pastor Simone was in France, and, and of course, the son and uh, the, the daughter and father, uh, they're here, and they cannot do anything about what's happening there. And even Pastor Simone had to, had to trust the Lord, Lord, you are good. You are, you are going to get us through uh, in, this, in this difficult situation. It was a difficult situation. You can actually ask her about it. But then God was faithful. Amen? God was constant. We can trust Him, and that is something that makes us makes us settle in peace. The Lord, nothing is out of control. You are your hand is over any and every situation that we are going through. We you are in full control, and. I believe there are testimonies upon testimonies where you would always say God was the Lord of the situation he was never he was never uh he was never taking off his eyes on you on that particular moment or those moments that you were suffering those moments that you were going through a difficult time. God never changes and out of the out of the challenging situations, what happens? God turns it around. He is, we, we call God as a turn-around specialist. He turns things around. Turn things around for our own good. He gives us good and perfect gifts. Now, the Bible talks about some of these good and perfect gifts that God gives. And here's one. Okay, look at this. So, um, James chapter 1 talked about that if you are going through a trial of any kind, of any kind, any kind of trial, that would be a lot, okay? That would be varied. That may be a security situation. That may be a that may be a money problem that may be a relational problem that may be something that's a conflict in the family a dysfunction that's happening so whatever that situation is if you face trial of any kind then you got to be persevering now the good thing about that uh, James was thinking James was thinking that out of the trial what will happen is that You will be mature and complete, not lacking anything, right? He told told us about that. And then in the next verse, in verse 5, he talked about what is lacking. There is something lacking. God wants us to be mature and complete, not lacking anything, but something is lacking. For you to be able to withstand and persevere in the most difficult trial, something. You got to pray to God. You're going to ask God for this. And he talks about it in verse 5. He says, God is not angry when we ask wisdom from him. Okay. In verse uh verse six, it says there, May be kwandu, my be kwandu imi husubaniya, imi tenki husu holaran metin. La la bele laran rurua. That means you are double-minded. Tan tan se mak husu rurua ni hanesan la loran. Nebe baku ba ba right? Baku ba bainhira bain anin bot. Okay, just like the waves of the sea. Emma ni be facil nakdoko nune. Nia ohin hanoin Ida. Aban hanoin seluk fali. Side date halo Nia namlele hela date. Emma nesanela lika mehi. Atosimubat ruma hosi maromak. Nune husuho metin ba. In English it's nice. If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. This is what we need in times of difficulties. The wisdom, the righteous wisdom of God. Okay? The beautiful thing about that, when you ask, you must believe in that doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded and unstable In all they do. Among you have asked the Lord for wisdom in those difficult situations. Lord, I don't know what to do. Give me something, oh God. Give me something. And then God just confirms, God just gives you a way to go. God just gives you a way out of the situation. God used all the English that you know to be able to communicate the very message that was in your heart. God gave you wisdom at that time, okay? It's a good way to to practice. So, the thing is, uh, our second point was God would always be the giver of good gifts. He would always be the giver of perfect gifts. He never changes. Day in and day out, you cannot blame God for your situation. God will always be a giver of good gifts. All the good gifts that you see. Well, if you look at it, one of the good gifts that God has given us is our salvation. It's a good gift. It, in fact, it was a, it's not only good, it's perfect, right? It's a perfect gift. When God gave you salvation through Christ, that's amazing. And we have received that. And because of that, what has happened? We, we learned it last week that we have become sons and daughters. God did not only redeem us, He also made us His own sons, His own daughters. Not only that, He will receive the Spirit of God, right? The Spirit of God is in us. And because of that, we, we feel intimate with God the Father. We can call Him our Father. We can call Him our right? That's amazing. God never changes as the giver of good and perfect gifts. Now, what else? Okay, let's go to our last point here. What else should we be grateful about God for 2019? So, first, I'm grateful that God never tempts. He never tempts me. My own sinful nature tempts me, but God never. But He tests me so that the character of Christ may be in me. Second, God will never change. He's always going to be the giver of good and perfect gifts. Always. Always. What else should we be grateful about God for 2019? Now let's read this, uh, James chapter one verse eighteen. Na imaramak hakarak atuhalo ita sinaoan? nemak niya foe niya live one loss ita para itabale hetan morisfo ihosi buat hotu hotu nebe niya halo ihamundo ne niya hili ona. Itamak valor you. hanesan batar fulin diadiac. Nebetos nain ta uluk hodifoba maroma. That's amazing. It's like you're like a you're like the first fruit, which which is in English. It is, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we out of all creation became his prized possession. Amazing. I like, I like the thought of that. I like the thought of that, that he chose to give birth to us. Look at that. I'm thankful and I'm always going to be thankful to God. I think it's not just going to be 2019. I'm not, going to, I'm not just going to thank him for this, for this 2019, but forever. Forever in my life, I'd always be thankful to God. Lord, thank you for taking me as a son. Lord, thank you for making me as a prized possession. Lord, thank you for giving birth to me when the word of truth was preached to me. Through the gospel. Thank you that the gospel has reached me. Aren't you glad that the gospel has reached you? How old were you when you got saved, brother? You were 20. 17. Louisa? 9. Wow, that was really early. 9 years old. That's good. How about you? Yeah. When you got saved? 22? 22. How about you, Mary? How old were you when you got saved? I just needed to know this. You're 24? No, no, no. You 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 don't look like 24. Okay? <laughs> you were 17. How about you, Maya? 10 years old. Pastor Levi, 18 years old in the, in the university during the time, college, high school. Ah, uh, 8 years old. Wow, wow. It's even younger. You got 8, 9 and 10. Okay, how about you guys? Uh how about you, Isabella? Around the same age about 8. Okay. How about you Pastor Simona? 9. Wow, you got saved very young. That's really amazing. Anna, 17. Right there. My daughter, Abigail. You remember? How old were you? I think you were seven. Seven for all our kids, most of them. Diane was seven. Daniel was seven. And, and Abigail was seven. That's amazing. Why, did it, why do I have to go back to that? Because that was the gift. That was the gift. That was the perfect gift. Given to you by God. He told you, I am giving you the birth, the new birth, out of the word, out of the gospel. That's what it means here. His true word is the gospel. And we would always be thankful. I would always be thankful. I got saved when I was 19 years old. Thank God the gospel was preached to me many times. (laughs) The gospel was preached to me many, many times. At the fifth time it was preached to me, I began to understood it, finally. At first, it was just, hey, I, those who like to raise his hand, okay, I raised my hand. Those who want to go to the front, I went to the front. Those who want to give his life to Christ, I, I gave my life to Christ. But everything was just for the sake of experience. But then the fifth one was life-changing. <laughs> the fifth altar call when 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 I after watching the after watching the health bells the dangers of rock and roll i'm not sure if you love rock and roll brother <laughs> i think you love rock and roll bro all right so i was watching that uh, exposition about rock and roll the dangers of rock and roll backmasking you remember all right so after that the the the, the passer started to to do an altar call, and hey for the for the first time in my life and i heard a song the song that says Uh, we are the reason that he gave his life. You remember that song? We are the reason that he suffered and died. For the world that was lost, he gave all he could give to show us the reason to live. That That was it. I received the true word of the gospel that totally changed my life. And that was what James was telling the people. By the way, this, was, this epistle was distributed to all the churches. Not only in the church in Jerusalem. It was distributed to all the churches that had been uh, scattered all throughout Asia. That's amazing. And he was telling them, you, would be, you, you had been given the gospel, the true word that changed you. Now you have a new birth. That's something you have to thank God for. Be thankful to God about. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Which gives us our third point. God never makes mistakes. Aren't you glad? God never made a mistake. He never makes mistakes. As he chose to give us birth and made us his prized possession. Aren't you glad? We may be few right now, but I'm thanking God that every one of us here had experience that, being a prized possession of God. God never made a mistake when he saved you at that particular age. You may be asking, Lord, why is it that other guys, they get saved this age, other guys, they get saved this age now? It's just the perfect timing of God, right? It's just his perfect timing. It was his goodness. Now, let me just summarize the, the message and then let's Let's pray. Now, about God, what is it that you have to be grateful about God for 2019? Well, the first thing would be, He never tempts. God never tempts. The second would be, He never changes. And the third would be, He never makes mistakes. Aren't you glad God did not make a mistake When he took you out of darkness and put you in his marvelous light. Aren't you glad he has chosen you? Given you a new life. You've been celebrating that new life for how many years? I'm a 30-year-old Christian. I thank God for that. 30-year-old of celebrating that goodness of God. That would always be thankful every year. Lord, thank you. You never made a mistake. Lord, I can trust you. You never change. Lord, I thank you. You're not yet done with me. You're changing me more in the image and the likeness of God. Let's all stand up. May I ask the music team to just come up with me? Come up here. And the last time, as we stand up, um, James reminded them again. And James was, notice that the scripture that we, that we read started with, with a reminder and ended with a reminder. In the first part of verse 19, it says, Hatene babuat idane, The same way he started, he also said it again, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. It was a portion of the scripture that James doesn't want us to forget about. Should we always thankful about God for this? He never tempts, never changes. He has never committed a mistake. Aren't you thankful? Let's just, let's pray. Come up here. Thank you. you to close your eyes and just talk to the Lord talk to God the Father you're a foreigner just like me he never made a mistake why he put you in the more Leste there's a purpose why you're here some of you already found it I hope that we would never struggle with the purpose that God has given us God has a greater plan there always be something good something perfect if you're a Timorese and you're here know that God saved you for a purpose and you're part of the spiritual family because he he chose you Like the word, He chose you. It was out of God's volition. You did not choose God, but He chose you. Wow. What a privilege to be chosen by God. Who are we to be chosen by God? But out of His mercy, out of His grace, we are here before His presence. Lord, forgive us for many times when we get tempted or when we sin. We often go to a place of blaming you for what happened to us. We have no right to ask, why me, Lord? Lord today we, you restore us to that trust you restore us to that faith in you strengthen our faith Lord as we rededicate our lives to you knowing that you never change you will never change knowing that you have chosen us and that now we are enjoying the new life celebrating it again for this end of year More than the blessings that you've given us. More than the material things that you have given us, Lord. More than the many things, many favors, many promotions. Blessings upon blessings that you have given us. Lord, let's go. We, We would like to go back to what we should be thankful about. The first thing that we should be thankful about. Thank you. Making us your children giving us this privilege and giving us this intimate relationship with you, God the Father. Thank you for Jesus dying for us on the cross. Thank you for Jesus dying for us on the cross.